This episode, Jussie Smollett sentenced for lying about a hate crime. Knee-jerk news, what it is, and more importantly, what it means to you. Hi, I'm your host, Ed Gatins. Join me as we fall back to the keep, hold the center, and guard against the predations of the far right and the radical left. This is Raging Centrist. Approximately 2 a.m. on January 29, 2019, Jussie Smollett was viciously attacked by two white supremacists and homophobes who poured an unknown substance on him, suspected to be bleach, placed a noose around his neck, all while yelling, this is MAGA country, accompanied by other racial and homophobic slurs. Police arrived in the bitter 9-degree Fahrenheit cold to the scene of the attack near a Subway restaurant close to New and North Water Streets on the south side of Chicago. While at his apartment with police, Jussie put the noose back on his neck and described the horrific event. Within days of the news breaking, the media, political, and Hollywood elites rushed to defend Smollett and speak out against the evil of a deeply racist and homophobic nation. Here's a tweet from Joe Biden. What happened today to Jussie Smollett must never be tolerated in this country. We must stand up and demand that we no longer give this hate safe harbor. The homophobia and racism have no place on our streets or in our hearts. We are with you, Jussie. Here's one from Kamala Harris. Jussie Smollett is one of the kindest, most gentle human beings I know. I'm praying for his quick recovery. This was an attempted modern-day lynching. No one should have to fear for their life because of their sexuality or color of their skin. We must confront this hate. A tweet from Rashid Tlaib. When one of the most famous black and gay men in America is not safe, the message is clearer than it has ever been. The dangerous lies spewing from the right wing is killing and hurting our people. Thinking of you, Jussie Smollett. And an outraged Bernie Sanders. The racist and homophobic attack on Jussie Smollett is a horrific instance of the surging hostility toward minorities around the country. We must come together to eradicate all forms of bigotry and violence. Ellen Page had a multitude of sharp criticisms concerning the state of America during her interview with late-night talk show host Stephen Colbert. But her comments concerning Jussie Smollett can be heard here. And instead, it's like we have a media that's barely talking about it. We have a media that's saying it's a debate whether or not what just happened to Jussie Smollett is a hate crime. It's absurd. Isn't a debate. There was a massive amount of fear and anger generated, all of which decisively described a large part of America as being unapologetically anti gay, anti black, racist, sexist, pro big business, climate denying, misogynistic, violent, LGBTQ plus hating, all white, alt right, mostly male anti-immigration, xenophobic, short-sighted, dim-witted, power-hungry, conservative, Republican, Christian, authoritarian, fascists. And if you were one of the aforementioned things, you were all of them. Smola immediately hit the interview circuit with lying lips, weeping eyes, and a heart filled with vitriol and hate, ready to dish the dirt on the evil, oppressive, far-right, white racists. The country was being painted as divided. It was unsettling. It was upsetting. 
It was racist, homophobic, and shameful. A short time later, Smollett's story took a twist. The white supremacist that had attacked him had a surprising look for white supremacists. In fact, they weren't white nationalists, they weren't white, and their nation was not the U.S., it was Nigeria. Abimbola, also known as Abel, and his brother Ola Osundario were involved. As it turns out, they were hired by Smollett to perpetrate the crime. Smollett paid them $3,500 with a check. And as the professionals who wanted to do the best job possible for their client, Jussie, they rehearsed the crime with him to ensure they would get it just right. As you can imagine, being a person living in the modern world, most of the lead up to this and the rehearsal was caught on surveillance video. Smollett was taken into custody. On February 20th, 2019, Less than a month from the date of the alleged attack, Smollett was charged with a grand jury with a Class 4 felony for filing a false police report. Smollett's felony count charge in Illinois carries a maximum sentence of three years in prison. This was the moment that Smollett should have admitted his shenanigans, submitted to the law, apologized to his family, friends, and supporters who were legion, and take his lumps with at least some measure of dignity. It would have been embarrassing, even possibly shameful, but not as eye-poppingly inappropriate as what came next. He doubled down. He also got his closest circle of family and an ever-decreasing number of friends to support him in his time of need. Jernay Smollett, Jussie's sister, commented, It's been effing painful, she told THR. One of the most painful things my family's ever experienced, to love someone as much as we love my brother and to watch someone who you love that much, go through something like this that is so public has been devastating. She also defended Jussie's innocence, adding, everyone who knows me knows that I love my brother and I believe my brother. Jazz Smollett, his other sister, commented in defense of her brother, we know the truth, meaning her unwavering support of her brother rather than her acceptance of the truth in overwhelmingly documented, recorded, investigated and presented evidence to the contrary, presented in a U.S. court of law under penalty of perjury. During the trial, the truth of Jussie's lying came out. He offered to pay the Osandario brothers $1 million to not testify against him and corroborate his story that the hate crime was real. They, knowing the consequences of that decision and that they would be found out, decided to side with the truth and at least take some measure of responsibility for their actions. Their testimony and the investigators of the crime brought to light the actual events of that night. By the end of the trial, Smollett was convicted on five of six counts of disorderly conduct, each a Class 4 felony, each of which carried a potential for three years imprisonment. What is disorderly conduct in these six cases, you may ask? Here's a list of the charges and the verdict handed down after the trial. At the end of his ordeal, Jussie was found out to be lying, was convicted and sentenced fairly leniently given his crimes. What was his response? Take a look. 
No, I would just like to say to Your Honor that I am uh, I am not suicidal. That's what I would like to say. Okay. I am not suicidal. Okay. I am not suicidal. I am innocent, and I am not suicidal. If I did this, then it means that I stuck my fist in the fears of black Americans in this country for over 400 years and the fears of the LGBTQ community. Your Honor, I respect you and I respect the jury, but I did not do this. And I am not suicidal. And if anything happens to me when I go in there, I did not do it to myself. And you must all know that. I respect you, Your Honor. I respect your decision. Jail time. I am not suicidal. Okay. This is part I am not suicidal. Stop laughing about black. I am not suicidal. And I am innocent. I could have said that I was guilty a long time ago. He is implying that he will be Epstein or Jean-Luc Bernard in jail. Uh, the reference may be lost on you depending on your news cycle diet, so I'll be clear he believes he'll be killed in jail and have his death described as a suicide in the news media. This story from its inception to this point epitomizes several fatal flaws in our news media that are affecting the tone of our nation and our interactions with one another. The presentation of information, the sequence of presentation, the high priority of the story, when it evokes heightened emotions, fits an overarching narrative, and the subsequent lowered priority of the follow-up concerning that story because it isn't as exciting or emotionally provoking or runs counter to the overarching narrative of the initial story, it embodies the behavioral model triggering a quick to anger and incite action or reaction and a slow to understand and an inability to admit that the initial reactions, although emotionally charged, were not reactions to real verifiable situations. There was no hate crime committed in this situation. That is not to say the hate crimes do not exist. Unfortunately, they do. Just like Smollett, raising his fist and fervently shouting his innocence while being ushered from the courtroom after being proven guilty, the media admits no wrongdoing. Many of them have even reported the outcome of the trial. Most of them, in fact. But the reporting on the outcome of the trial is not a correction for their error. It may help to define exactly what their error is. The reporting that is being done contains biases that are meant to foment division purely for ratings. It is knee-jerk news. And there has been reporting on the outcome from every major media network on this story. As soon as Jussie was found out to be lying soon after the event, most news media reported it because they knew they had been misled. But there was no acknowledgement that the knee-jerk news reporting and initial commentary, posts, tweets, and the like from the whole host of people in the spotlight was painting a huge portion of Americans in the harshest of lights, whether they had shared in any overt, bigoted behaviors or not. The presentation of this story, supporting commentary from celebrities, family and political actors across news, late-night talk show hosts, all ties in to paint racism as wrong. We already know that. We know racism is wrong. But it is painting a picture that we are divided. What if we could paint a different picture?
Yeah, there are some people out there that do some really terrible things. But that's not all of us. And we don't stand for that as a people, as a nation, as individuals. The way that we interact with the members of our communities, our schools, our sporting activities. Some of us are churches. Some of us are synagogues. Some of us are mosques. We're all in this together. And the more that we keep driving that wedge in and listening to a news media that never recants, it never says, you know, we, we didn't do this right. We jumped on this and painted this picture of everyone being in this same boat. And that's just simply not true. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Ed Gatins. Join me next week for some more topics.